Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Not Your African Cliché. Before we get into today's episode though, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher, where we are Not Your African Cliché, as well as SoundCloud, where we are NYAC Podcast. Don't forget to reach out to us on social media, Facebook, we are Not Your African Cliché, Twitter, at NYAC Podcast, and Instagram, NYAC underscore podcast. You can also email us at notyourafricancliche at gmail.com. Now, enjoy the rest of the episode. And welcome to another episode of Not Your African Cliché. I am Ife, and I have my lovely co-hosts here with me who are going to introduce themselves. Hi, everyone. This is Ife. Hey, guys. This is Omyeka, a.k.a. Yeka O. Amaya should be joining us shortly, hopefully. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this episode is... We don't have a guest on this episode, which is going to be like one of maybe three or so episodes <laughs> that we don't have a guest in our virtual studio. But this episode was inspired by, hmm, mm. hmm, it was inspired by Kanye West, though. Kanye West and his dragon blood and his antics. Wah, and, wah, wah. you know, his whole, <laughs> his whole um, Twitter free thinking debacle made me think about you know being loud and wrong and mm. what causes people to be loud and wrong and got me thinking about our faults and limitations and all of those things so yes we're going to do some introspection today and we're gonna dig deep folks join us join us on this journey all right so first question are we aware are you aware of your faults and limitations if so what are they and dun, what's, dun, what dun. has <laughs> uh, what, <laughs> all the sound cues today i know right and uh, what has you know what was the journey to realizing this faults and limitations if if you are aware of any mm-hmm. i can start um yika oh i think on a general level, um, you're, you can choose to be aware of some faults and limitations of yours. Um, maybe if someone says it to you or if you are just generally self-aware and you constantly evaluate, you know, circumstances around you or just events that have happened. Um, so I think it's possible to obviously be aware um, of your faults and limitations. If you choose to, in the same vein, you could also not know as a result of a choice that you've made to not even be bothered or um, maybe just someone never told you that like this is a fault that you have and you just thought you were just living your life like a normal human being. Um, So on a more personal level, um, I'm trying to think what fault of mine am I willing to share with the interwebs? Um, (laughs) Just look through the plethora of them. Um, I think, I think in some instances, um, my independence can be viewed as a limitation um, because in some situations 
not saying being independent is wrong, but I feel like in some situations, because I'm so like independent minded, there are things that I might overlook or um, misjudge as a result of that. So say it was a situation where it was a more collective situation. I'm thinking more like, how am I going to like get this and this and this and this done where it might in fact affect other people. I don't know if that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. It does. So, yeah, and that's my dirty laundry, part one. <laughs> this is Ifeoa, and I think for me, an awareness of my faults and limitations really started um, through interacting with other people, right? Because mm. a lot of things or personalities and characteristics I had I didn't know whether they were good or bad unless yeah. I interacted with someone mm. so I think going, a, going to boarding school was a very um, fundamental playground that really showed me okay this is something that you need to work on this is something mm. it just like exposed me to a who I am but also as we're, we're focusing on the faults and limitations, really exposed me to that. And so did college. Mm. So which is one of the reasons why I think going to this kind of places and going to, having those new experiences and interacting with such a wide variety of people really helps with um, highlighting those faults and limitations. So... I am currently in... Oh God, I was late 20s, Jehovah. <laughs> take, take the wheel. Mm. I am in the beginning of my late 20s. I'll phrase it that way. Um, and I am aware of some of my faults and some of my limitations. And one of them, one of those, I guess, I don't know, faults kind of sounds like really negative. Um I guess one of my not so strong <laughs> points, my not so positive qualities, um, will would be a tendency to be rigid, mm -hmm. um, and that has impacted my my worldviews, my political beliefs, and and all of that. So I am a planner, which is a good thing. But mm -hmm. in certain situations, so that's the thing about some of these characteristics, like to their extreme, they're not great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I think sometimes some of these characteristics are not bad, but when they swing to one end or the other, then they become bad. So I really like planning and I really like knowing where I need to be, what I need to do. And I love following rules. <laughs> mm -hmm. I am a goody tissues, thanks to my upbringing and thanks to my mom who raised me by herself. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the reasons, you know, being a pun is like I like I like knowing what's going to happen, and so sometimes that has affected my expectations of others and made mm. me super critical of other people's. Um, planning skills or organizational skills um, but also I was raised by a really great mom and my upbringing sheltered me quite a bit and so for the longest time my view was very black and white 
And so it wasn't until boarding school, college, that those experiences, like, exposed those characteristics. And I was like, oh, wow, this view is so rigid. It's so black Mm -hmm. and white. It's so so tight. It doesn't give room for any nuance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was through interactions with other people. I was like, oh, no, there are other beliefs. There are other expressions. There are other ways of doing things. And I think in part, too, to my personality, I was able to, like, let go of some of those, like, I didn't feel like I had to hold on too tightly to plans. I let, you know, my my fist a little bit loose Mm. around certain ideas. And I think, you know, that's, that has helped me. And so keeping an open mind and, um, has helped me mitigate some of those characteristics. I'm like, okay, I think starting from a place of, it, posturing myself in a position to learn has always also mm. like helped me as well, yeah. and 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 sometimes it's, it's as it's not always successful. But I'm like I'm not always right because I think if starting from a place of like I am the right person mm-hmm. would <laughs> would essentially eliminate any chance of growth. So yeah. I always like to like, keep an open mind and hear what somebody else has to say. Um, and so some of these faults. I'm doing air quotes. Um, mm-hmm. I've been able to like work on them because I've also been open to feedback. Mm. So that's the other thing that's helped, you know, having friends that are willing to speak to those and say like, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I noticed you like doing these things this way. And have you tried doing things this way? Mm-hmm. Um, has also been helpful, but yes, that's a long ramble about, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. Thank you mm-hmm. for sharing, babe. So, mm-hmm. if I hear hmm, one of my faults became apparent, well, I've known, but it seems to have been amplified <laughs> <laughs> in the recent, in the past couple of weeks. So, I started a new job, and there's just a lot going on with my job and with, you know, other stuff outside my job. And one of my faults is that. I think I have things under control (laughs) until I don't and everything just falls apart. So I try to juggle so many things and I don't pace myself. And I like to think I'm a planner, but Mm. apparently not the best if, you know, (laughs) everything falls Mm. on its head. So it's, yeah. So Mm. one of my faults is overestimating my capacity Mm. and not actually plan you know not being thorough enough to to plan out and say you know and tap out and be like yo actually i can't you know Mm. i'm at my capacity type situation so yeah that's Mm. that's one fault i have that i know i have and i'm working towards being better at and another fault if you are you sure we're not the same person no, you. We know I, you guys. Agree. <laughs> we, we, we agree. Everyone agrees. <laughs> um, another fault I have is I can also be rigid. So um, I have, yeah, I can be rigid and I can be self righteous mm. in my rigidity. But I was talking to a friend about current news, and he said something that seemed dismissive and I was just like, what? You know, like, 
my head just grew hot and I was like, I can't believe this. I'm so disappointed. I tell you this is how I'm feeling and you're laughing and whatever. Mm. And anyway, I guess it will make more sense if I give more context. So, um, incels, you know, they've, I don't know, they've been in the news recently. There was a terrorist attack by one of them. Um, mm. incels, incel, they call them involuntary celibates, whatever. Anyway, Google it. You might not like what you see. You will not like what you see. Um, but somebody there was shared a Twitter screed about what of one what one of the incel people posted about how like women should be you know essentially be, be made property of the state and women must be forced to have like relationships with men like it was shared like wild shit mm-hmm. and I shared it with my friend and he like laughed like you know the laugh emoji and mm-hmm. my head was just hot. I'm like what the f-? I'm like. I'm telling you, like, you know, I, I sent it to him and I said, I'm shook. And he was, and he laughed. I was like, I can't, you know, I'm so disappointed. He didn't even ask about my well-being. Anyway, <laughs> bottom line, I went from zero to a hundred real quick. Mm. So, yeah. So one of the things I'm working on is to be less rigid and to, like, take a breather and, you know, actually confirm that where I think this person is coming from is where this person is actually coming from. Mm. Yeah. So we've talked about our faults and limitations. And um, I think we've kind of also rolled in what we're doing to mitigate them, I think. For me, the ways I'm trying to go about being a little more like aware of other people or inclusive, I guess, of other people um, is just sometimes to just take a step back, especially when there are other people involved. Um, I kind of like pace myself in the way where it's like, okay, the job has to get done or things need to get done, um, but give other people the opportunity to actually like participate in giving their input um Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm trying not always succeeding but i'm trying yeah so next question is how do we become more self-aware um are there people in our lives who tell us are there people in our lives who tell us about ourselves Mm. who give us some hard truths who are they and i want to read this quote uh from an article, a recent article by Tanahasi Coates about Kanye. That it wasn't about Kanye, but like it was about Kanye. Anyway, mm-hmm. we'll put it in the resources description link. But the quote goes thus: "A paucity of loved ones powerful enough to perform the most essential function of love itself, protecting the beloved from destruction." So the context is essentially about if you don't have people close enough close to you who will tell you about you who you you know who are real with you who love you enough to prevent you from Mm -hmm. Mm self-destruction okay uh this is ifeyua and you know i think the friends that we keep the friends that we have the relationships that we keep um those are all part of the things that could help us become more self-aware i I also wanted to, in hearing you read that quote, if I also wanted to like put a disclaimer that there's only so much that other people can do for you. Mm, true, <laughs> that's very um, correct. I mm. mean, like I can tell you your faults, but you know, if 
you don't agree with me or you mm. feel like there's not you know that if you feel like you're right mm-hmm. you know i think it comes back to that too that like you know other people are trying to hate on you yeah you yeah. know oh, bad people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so if that's your um is that your attitude then ah, unfortunately there's no hope for you mm-hmm. um so for me it definitely helps to like because okay, also I am a very sensitive person. <laughs> so and one of <laughs> I'm very sensitive and one of my love languages is um is words quality time, but it's, it's yeah, it's words of affirmation. Just coming out here with these love <laughs> well versed. So, but then you know, on the flip side of words of affirmation is that I'm very sensitive to things people say. Mm. Um. Mm. And so, so that being said, you know, I've had friends in the past, like, you know, um, you know, hold a homegirl intervention for me or like, you know, come to me with something. Wait, 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 intervention. (laughs) Like, sorry, I'm borrowing this phrase from um, Eloquent Rage uh, by Brittany Cooper. And she talks about like, you know, homegirl intervention, where essentially your homegirl calls you to decide and it's like, girl. Homegirl. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. It's like, girl, you're acting crazy. Like, you're just wilding. Um, So I've had one of those, a couple of those moments and like, if anyone of like boarding school was just v- very t- just way too deep in her feelings, so there were there were a lot of things that were hard to take. Um, mm. But as I've grown older, I've not necessarily become a lot less sensitive, but I think I've become. Mm, I've realized the benefit of having that feedback. I think mm-hmm. is was what helped me. Is like I'm still sensitive to those, but I'm like this is coming from this place, and this is this person's motive. But also, every day I'm trying to be better. Mm-hmm. So, trying to take it in that perspective. Um, so, not to go too much on a tangent. The other way, I try to become more self-aware. Um, writing always helps. Like, sometimes I'll just be journaling and I'll look at what I've written and I'm like, wow, I did not know that was in me. You mm. know? Um, <laughs> something just become apparent. Um, mm. so that Do you know what that reminds of, me of? What does it remind you of? It reminds me of that. Audrey Lord quote about you know poetry is not a luxury and how she like really went mm. in about how it's a tool for you know self like scrutinizing self, your life yeah and, like, holding self-actualization your life to, like, and yeah. yep 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 because there have been times where it's not like I was I zoned out but like I'll it's very hard to describe. I'll be writing something and I'm like, oh, this is why I'm feeling this way. So that's, mm. it's helped me. It's helped me pin down the reason for certain emotions or certain feelings and attitudes. So mm. that has been one way of becoming self-aware. I think the other thing is going back to friends and the relationships we keep. Um, I love, uh, and I don't want to sound too woo-woo, but mm. I love like going there with someone like Mm. as much as i love small talk i can do small talk all day long but i always catch myself like wanting more Mm. like i can well i can't i guess i can't do small talk all day long but i can do it but then after a while i'm like all right it's like you know we have to dig deep um so i think you know in certain conversations so being willing to hold space for that type of conversations i think also like helps me become more self-aware Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me just. I have this quote up. Uh, the the or the Lord, Lord quote I was thinking about is this: 
This is poetry as illumination, for it is through poetry that we give name to those ideas which are, until the poem, nameless and formless, about to be birthed, but already felt. Mm-hmm. Then, there's another one that goes, poetry as a revelatory distillation of experience. There are lots of gems in this, mm-hmm. but yeah. Mm-hmm. And in this context, poetry means just essentially like, writing about your life mm-hmm. or like just mm-hmm. you know yeah anyway it's from poetry is not a luxury by audrey lord read it mm. sorry go yes. go on <laughs> that's too funny um you got over here and i absolutely agree with ify i mean from the word being self-aware you have you as a, an individual have to decide that this is something that you're willing to do because i mean like they say you can take a horse to to drink but you can't to, to mm-hmm. water but you can't force it to drink um, Word. And so I think for me, um, the ways that I keep myself, you know, self-aware, one is by those friendships or relationships that keep you in check, like people who, you know, because their their best motive for you is to be the best version of you. Um, when things like that come out, even though sometimes they might come out the wrong way, um, you know that their intent is never to hurt you. Um, so I think for me, that just makes it easier to swallow. Um, but surrounding myself with people who are willing to challenge my thoughts and views on myself. And I find that I'm the most self-aware when I feel like I'm criticizing somebody else. So um, there's this Bible scripture that says, you know, remove the log in your eye before. Mm-hmm. Or this, yeah, the speck in your eye before you remove no, the, log. the log in someone else's eye. Um, no, I remove the log in your own eye your before eye you remove speck in somebody's there eye. There you go. Man, listen, my mom will be so embarrassed, um, as well my Sunday school teachers. Anyways, that's besides the point. So, yeah, I think I'm the most self-aware when I'm criticizing somebody else because then I constantly have to ask myself, have I done the same thing or am I doing mm. the same thing? And if I don't do that, the Lord Jesus is like, do you remember that time when I'm just like, yo, I did do that. So I think for me, that's when I'm the most self-aware is when I'm when I'm criticizing someone else. Not in that mm. exact moment, but right after I I feel like I've gone on a rant, I'm just mm. like, I take a step back and I'm like, yo, I, mm. I barely just did that two minutes ago. Um, mm. So yeah, so definitely surrounding yourself with people who are very honest and open. Um, but the thing again with that is you, you can be honest and open with everybody. Like you have to just guard your own mind. So with that, like just having a subgroup of people who you don't mind getting that type of stuff from. And then of course your self from yourself, self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, similar to you ladies, I've, I've become more self-aware through friendships and kind of having something to compare to so mm. in terms of like is this something that gives contrast i i don't know mm-hmm. do you understand what i'm saying when you when you for example yeah. when you put something against a a white piece of paper or something that just like makes the color pop and makes you really mm-hmm. see what's going on in your life so friends mm-hmm. have been that for me and also um when i think about i i, I try to do self-assessments not really self-assessments, but essentially if when things happen or things that upset me or whatever, I'll just be like, okay, what, what happened in that situation that mm, I could have yeah. done better? Mm-hmm. You know, what happened that, how did mm. this, how did this 
yeah, how how did we get to where we are, <laughs> and what role mm-hmm. did I play in making this making this happen? And um, yeah, and definitely having friends too, because I think a lot of people. It's human nature for us to only want to hear good things. Yeah. And it's human nature for us to be surrounded or want to be surrounded by people that only have the good things to say. But again, that can't that's that's not how people how people grow, you know. Yeah. Um things grow from from stress and strain and you know, that's how things get stronger. So if you surround yourself with sickle fans and people that will just mm. blow smoke up your ass yeah yes people i don't know i'm trying <laughs> yes no, people right. i'm trying to find the perfect analogy but it escapes me you know somebody who just blowing smoke smoke up your ass you think you are getting nutrition but in fact <laughs> you're just it's just a that you're getting i mean yeah um this goes back to kanye and about like who are kanye's friends right now really mm, honestly truly where you at? and who are the people that are talking to him who are the people who he listens to, you know, type situation. Like, are you, are you, like, if you what, oh, sorry, you can't say it. Are you receptive to even having these conversations? Are you receptive to hearing what other people have to say and, and such? What is our immediate reaction when we come across inform- information that either contradicts what we think of ourselves or what we consider our core beliefs to be? Like, what, you know, What's our reaction to stuff like that? Um, Yeka, oh, I think my reaction sometimes is dependent on who it's coming from. Um, so, like, if it was someone who... I mean, I would still obviously be, like, a little hesitant and defensive. Not hesitant, defensive. Um, when when I'm addressed with that situation. But if it comes from someone who's like super close to me, then I feel like I give it more weight and more value than if it was someone who wasn't as close to me. But ultimately I feel like I I automatically get into the defensive um mm-hmm. and then I have to work my way down mm-hmm. into actual acceptance of what they've said. Mm. This is Ifeyua, and <laughs> my immediate reaction is shut this shit down. Just <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> I'm like, shut it down, please. <laughs> um, no, seriously, that's really my reaction. Um, <laughs> there is something, and, what, and we're talking core beliefs, so it's really what... I get, Yeah, what makes you as a person and mm-hmm. how you navigate through the world. So... Yeah, when I read something that just is the opposite of that or deviates from that, I'm like, yeah, okay, close it. All right, escape, delete, remove. Um, but recently, and this has been because of, I guess, articles that have, you know, been written after the 2016 election about not. What's, what was the phrasing? Not living in a vacuum and mm-hmm. not um, only reading what we want to read and hearing what we want to hear. And so I think in reading those types of articles, I was like, okay, I it's 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 not it's um it's not yet an immediate reaction to be accepting of that inf- 
in whatever information contradicts my core beliefs, mm-hmm. but it's more of a conscious effort to just see what the person has to say. It's like, okay, just get through it, like read through it, process, you know, what position they're taking and what argument they're making, mm-hmm. um, and try to understand it. And then, um, before dismissing it because i think even now in this age of social media where things are like especially like on twitter where people would share links but like give you their opinion mm. <laughs> on it or they'll <laughs> just like, like comment on the headline they'll comment on the headline yeah. without even reading the article the whole article exactly. yeah exactly and so now it's like all right read it first and or you know something else you just see somebody's opinion and be like yeah that doesn't align with my views i'm not gonna read it mm. but now i try to take the time to even though it, in my if something seems like it contradicts my belief like reading through it and then questioning why i don't agree with it because even in that then it makes whatever belief i have either fortified or it mm-hmm. makes me question if it's actually a belief i need to hold mm-hmm. so tightly mm-hmm. 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 and i think that's a that's a um that's a good tactic if anyone that's a helpful way to think about confronting or coming in contact with things that we don't that question our beliefs of ourselves or our other core beliefs as an opportunity to either strengthen or or discarding what those Mm -hmm. things um so i think my issue i don't know i don't know if i should keep talking about this Brene brown book i guess there'll be time for that when we are when we talk about (laughs) when we talk about what we're reading watching and listening to um but it's like so i so i struggle with the whole like vacuum thing and expanding my thing my my reach thing because again like for, for certain things like for example why would i be reading the conspiracy theories of a flat earther you know flat earth truther. because because i think because i think what at least for me Mm-hmm. One reason is to read it so I can break it down. Yeah, okay. same with because you. Yeah. it's like it's because then later in discuss because I've found this about myself too. Sometimes I'll say like, oh yeah, I don't agree, and then when I'm trying to engage with somebody who does agree with that, like I haven't read their what, own side. Yeah, yes, I don't. I don't know how to like. I know it's wrong, mm-hmm. but then I haven't taken the time to like dissect it and break it down so mm-hmm. that I have an educated critical argument if that mm-hmm. makes sense as opposed to like just saying like I know you're wrong but I don't know why you thought that or yeah. where you're coming from where did you pick it up like who yeah. told you that like I haven't um, questioned like for example I think who was the flat earther person that the Kid Cudi or no B.O.B. yeah B.O.B. like <laughs> and, you know I don't know where did he get it from who told like you know I don't yeah so I think for me it's just I need to get the full picture. Like, mm-hmm. did you just make... The, are there other people like you? Like, yeah. you know, I just... All these questions <laughs> that, like, if I did read, I might know and then be able to do my own research and come back with things that, like, were... I mean, not that I, I'm invested in this, but, mm-hmm. like... Does that make sense? Yeah. Because I, I feel like I'm the same way with you, Ify, where it's, like, you want to have a balanced conversation, right? Like... 
Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. I know that you're wrong, but then on what basis are you wrong? And based off of what mm-hmm. your side of the argument is, well, this is why that is wrong, on a logical level yeah. or yeah, whatever level that it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I also think like for me too. I now I feel like I'm kind of over the whole. Oh, you're wrong. You're cancelled. Mm-hmm. You know, phenomenon. Yeah. I I think now it's like, wait. First of all, who are you? And why did you develop this? Like, who did you hear this from? Are there Mm -hmm. other people like you? Is it just you? Are there one million (laughs) of you? You know, and and not just targeting that person, that one specific thing. Because I feel like there are other things that are influencing. Sorry, this is kind of a ramble and maybe a woo-woo way of thinking about it. But who that person is and taking it into account. Because, yeah... Yeah. I don't know. How do you feel about Because, like, for example, show? there's some people who, like, are very gung-ho about gun rights. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy to be dismissive and be like, no, I'm a pacifist. I don't believe in violence. Mm-hmm. But then not knowing what about their background Has makes forced them... them yeah. Not knowing why that's something they're gung-ho about. Do they live somewhere where... Or what's their experience? Like, I think being able to, and and I know if I, you know, we've also talked about in another episode, there are certain things where it's like, we don't, maybe we don't need to have a conversation. Like if your view, you know, promotes the oppression of other people, like, mm. you know, there, there are certain things that, you know, I'm not going to be flexible about because I just straight up don't believe. Mm. But I think at the same time, knowing why that person takes the way they tick, not that I'm a psychologist, but, you know. <laughs> I don't know. And I hear you ladies. And I, I, you know, it's, I think my own struggle is essentially like, while we are expanding, so flat earth has been disproven, mm-hmm. you know, yep. like for centuries now. Why are we expending energy still discussing things that have been disproven is, is my thoughts. Like, we can, this energy could be redirected somewhere else. Yes or no? So it's like why yeah but but when I when I put it into the context of like fortifying my beliefs and whatever I guess yeah I guess mm. it makes it worth it but yeah I think I struggle mm. with that energy yeah expedition I'm like why am I doing this you know yeah. it's like <laughs> this seems like it was so real yeah <laughs> seems like it was a fucking time to me um but yeah Okay, cool. Coolies. So, in the same vein, what are some of the beliefs we've held in the past that has changed? And what was this process like? Was it quick? Was it gradual? You know. No, no, no. I was just saying. Ah, if anyone has notes, so, like, if we had a paper, flipping, flipping. In addition to being a planner, I'm a private secretary. <laughs> <laughs> I love for my own self. I'm self self employed. Um, no, I feel like no. I'm flipping because I think I wrote notes from our like change. I'm going through changes episodes, and I'm trying yeah. to remember what yeah. I said before. That's true. That's true. Um, we have like kind of talked about this, uh, but yeah. essentially, what I'm trying to get at is because there's a follow up question to that, and that follow up question mm. is, you know, this when we see people are we aware when we like encounter people who had who currently have the same beliefs we had 
Mm. What what's our attitude towards them? You know, are, are we gracious? Mm. Are we what? Yeah, how do we treat them? How do we engage with them? Um, yeah, that's that's essentially <coughs> what I'm trying to get at. That's a really great yeah. question. <laughs> it is actually. Um, Yeka, oh, right here, and I say it's great because I had I had this moment at church today. So I mean, for those that don't know, I'm currently in Lagos, right? And so I feel like. The Currently in Lagos for vacation or like uh-uh. back to the Don't motherland. Wow. <laughs> oh, ew. sorry, sorry, many sorry. Actually, many, many work vacay guys, many work vacay. Um, okay. Just living it up in Lagos. Um, but so, religion. I've experienced religion different ways. Um, well, Christianity different ways. I should say, living in Lagos and you know living in the different states that I've lived in in the United States. Um, and so when I come back, the whole idea of like how popular the prosperity gospel is here, um, how popular notions of like the, the amount of works you can do, you know, to just be a good person and forgot to love you and just hearing those things and how I used to think that. Um, and then after leaving home and doing my own personal working on my personal relationship, I should say, um, with God coming back to that, like on a Sunday morning, um, there's grace, but not as much as there should be. I feel like Mm. I always like have this raised eyebrow, like, why would you say that? Like, that's that's not, (laughs) why would you say that? Why? Mm. Um, so there should be more grace, which look at that self-evaluation. Um, I should have more grace, but I did not have that much grace today. Um, hmm. This is a great question. Um, oof. I think, you know, knee-jerk reaction for me would be um, self-righteousness. Mm. Um, and thinking like oh my gosh i can't believe people still believe this like mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this is so 2010 <laughs> um and yeah I, let me see and i'm trying to think about why self-righteousness is a thing um mm-hmm. like why why do you want because I think for some reason it's like this false belief that we're all in a race and some of us are ahead of others instead yeah. of the the mindset that like I don't know your belief affects me like I don't know we're all we're all in these together um I'm trying to think. Why is self-righteousness appealing, guys? <laughs> I, I think it's human nature to want to be better, you know, to want to have the feeling of betterment. Like, I, you know, I better, yeah. it, it, it boils down to I better pass my neighbor now. Mm-hmm. It boils down to yeah. feeling yeah. prideful that, oh, mm-hmm. look at me, I'm so enlightened. I can't believe mm-hmm. this plebeian's still Mm -hmm. believe what they believe Mm. you know yeah Mm -hmm. and maybe sometimes what might be hard about extending grace is that we don't know how long it's going to take people to change their Mm. beliefs right Mm. 
So if you meet somebody who still thinks like, oh yeah, you know, black people did this and like that, it's mm-hmm. like, I don't like. What is it going to take for me to change your mind? Is it mm-hmm. possible? Like, yeah. there's also the self defeat, and it's like and pessimism that I can't change your mind. We can just argue, and then I feel like I'm better than you, mm-hmm. or I'm more enlightened. Mm. Um. Yeah, it's hard. Um. But but I mean I feel like this. Uh, I don't know. Grace and self righteousness are kind of two extremes. <laughs> so sometimes I tend to fall in the middle <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I can. I've seen myself in positions where like talking with somebody about. Women and we're talking about uh, maternity leave, and he mentions like something about how people here are spoiled because it's like six months off or whatever, and we like had to have a conversation about that. Like, you know, what does it mean? Does it mean that you're spoiled if you ask for what you deserve, or mm. are we just used to not getting what we deserve, and so now we think that people who get what they deserve are spoiled? Mm, that's spoiled. So like yeah. having that conversation. So it wasn't really, I guess maybe that falls under grace. I don't really mm. know, but it wasn't like self righteousness because I felt like, no, I really need to know why you think this. And then we were talking about it, and I was like, oh, but you're just used to not getting what you want. So, mm. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, that was a good. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, maybe it depends on the person who has a different mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. If they're like super aggressive, yeah, <laughs> about their belief, because there's some people like the, my friend that I was talking with about maternity leave, like he was open to having a conversation, mm-hmm. right? So it wasn't, yeah. I mean, he was confident in his beliefs, but we were still talking about it. So I guess maybe it was easier. It's easier to extend grace to somebody who's open as opposed to somebody who's like loud and wrong. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's true. And also in the position of power to with those opposite core beliefs because you know, if it's somebody that doesn't believe women should have that much time off and they're in a position to like enforce that, that, then it might be hard to like extend grace to that person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also tend to be self-righteous but i feel like my my first instinct i'm not gonna lie is like self-righteous indignation and like i'm like what the hell you know like in my head anyway Mm. um or i think i think that's i think that is it but um one thing i would add to you saying it depends on like the tone or how the person where that person's coming from. I think it also depends on your relationship with the person, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's some stranger on the internet, it's easier for you to be like, like to you know, to just uh, caps, 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 lock them yeah, to death chapter, yeah, and chapter. yeah, and you know, give them all of the words. But if it's your mom or your sister, the, that personal relationship influences how you, how much grace you extend, essentially. Uh. So I think, mm. yeah, I think personal relationship definitely has plays a part, and I and that's one of the that's one of the things I kind of 
see in Brene Brown's book because one of the things she says or one of her like how her, one of the chapters in the book is people are hard to hate close up moving you know and mm-hmm. how you know lear- getting to know people kind of helps with how we disagree or how we whatever but also mm-hmm. I have to remember that on some certain topics I have the privilege to be more gracious than others. Mm. You know? Like, if I'm not, you know, directly affected by anti-trans policies, I mm-hmm. I have more leeway to be, like, you know, like, mm. be calmer about the yeah. discussion and be like, yeah, but, like, if I'm a trans person, like, fuck you! Like, you literally, mm-hmm. you know, these are the is that the rates of homelessness and whatever and you're still trying to you know yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so i guess what i'm trying to say is that there's some nuance in how much grace and and self-righteous on that spectrum as if anyone said mm-hmm. and i also but i also think like self-righteous indignation also like can feel good in the you know it's like it's like mm-hmm. A rush of sugar sometimes like sugar high well, yeah I think maybe the last thing we can touch and since we brought him up is Kanye and our mm-hmm. relation to celebrities which is something yeah that, you know yeah just yeah. as a last wrap up kind of stuffs yeah I don't know if anyone what do you want to because I feel like yeah. okay so Take let me just away. go for it um I mean, so the whole Kanye shit happened and I've, I don't really care about Kanye. So I wasn't really affected mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as Damon Young puts it in one of his articles. I have no land on <laughs> Yeezy Island. <laughs> I have zero. <laughs> um, but I do, I do slash did question mark, um, have land on the Juno Diaz Island. <laughs> mm. Um, so Juno Diaz is, um, a Dominican American author and he is well known incredibly well known especially in the US and I've known about him for years and became a huge huge fan of him in college and recently some news came out about well he published an essay about his childhood trauma and sexual abuse during his childhood and how that affected him and the legacy of that trauma in his life and then shortly after there was several accounts including one by Zinzi uh, I'm forgetting her last name but she's also an author she wrote the book the book what we lose and she gave an account of how Junior Diaz forced himself on her like kissed her forcibly um, and so there have been other accounts of his, um, him being misogynistic towards certain women and some other examples. So, I mean, this doesn't really fall in line with Kanye being loud and wrong, but it's another example of the way, like, celebrities or people we look up to or we respect or admire, like, let us down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just wanted to speak to the fact that, you know, fame and all of that can tend to make people seem infallible and Mm. make them seem like perfect and they can do no wrong especially if you're known for speaking on certain things and 
known for writing on certain issues um, and then something happens and they fail us or they do something that we didn't see coming mm. um, so it just made me think like oh sometimes we really put a lot of expectations on people that we don't even know mm-hmm. <laughs> like to be for real for real like I mean I love Gina Diaz but I, I mean I just love him because of his books but I don't know him like that clearly mm-hmm. um, but and lately I was thinking like damn the only favor I have is myself because <laughs> Sam <laughs> Because people, human beings, are, we are messy. Yes. Um, we're messy and sometimes it's, and this goes back to like, you know, what is, what we can, what beliefs we can be flexible with. But if we as individuals are imperfect and on a day-to-day basis, we make mistakes, we mm-hmm. are rude to people, we are unkind and we do certain things that we're not proud of, then... You know, how does that affect... I think, you know, that should also impact how we view celebrities, even though I think how they're portrayed doesn't really help. Mm. But for me, lately, I've just... Even, like, I love... Another person I love is Lupita. Mm. So I I was just thinking the other day, I was like, God, dude, if something comes out and they say Lupita and Yungo did something, like, I, my head <laughs> is just bust. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, you know, sometimes it's like taking a step back to, like... I guess as a reminder that that person is human and mm. literally something could come out the next day that they did something. Ooh, which leads me to the cancel phenomenon, which I don't know <laughs> if we should talk about here or maybe we should save it for another episode. But mm-hmm, in thinking about should. how people are messy and how we're imperfect, like, yeah. it, and I think it goes back to the grace part, right? Like, do we mm-hmm. extend grace yeah. or are we like very but, quickly uh, like self-righteous? Mm-hmm when yeah. it comes to like and I think th- that is it because there's a lot of self-righteous in- indignation towards like you know celebrities it's like oh my gosh I can't believe they did that oh my gosh I would never it's mm-hmm. like mm, fam are you sure yeah. we don't know what yeah. we, we don't know what skeletons are in your closet and really maybe we don't want to know but mm-hmm. yeah there's something I'm thinking about like dealing with um, the expectations I have and just reminding myself that like people are really not perfect yeah, um, yeah. But still not being... Sorry. And then the last thing is, like, dealing with people who are problematic. Mm. Um, And in some cases, like, holding hope. And maybe this goes back to extending grace and trying to have those conversations that might... Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I just wanted to read this quote by one of the articles, if anyone you shared, that we use as a basis for this. Um, it goes, artists can be turned into vectors for our outrage, or we can use these moments as an opportunity to reevaluate our expectations. And this quote would, is from an essay by Mom Taza Mary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeka, oh, I was going to say, you know, the expectation for Kanye, like I, I understand that he has a big platform, but the, the biggest expectation I have for Kanye is, are you going to give me good music? I don't have the expectation of, are you going to be a great political speaker? Um, is your, like, that's my expectation of Kanye. But I feel like they're kind of blurred lines because you do have a huge platform and you have people who are listening to you and following you and are, mm. you know, like, they, they give tr- uh, weight to things that you say. So you do have mm. some form mm-hmm. of social responsibility. But on a yeah. personal level, 
I'm not coming to Kanye West for my news. I'm not coming to Kanye West to give me political <laughs> commentary. You know what I'm saying? So if you say stupid things, I'm like, okay, I, I, I could expect you to be stupid. But I mean, uh, uh, this drives me crazy because I'm, I just feel like, yes, he might have issues. And yes, we expect him to do better. But like, he's also really known to be a, mus- a rapper. I, I don't know. I, well, but not just any kind of rapper. Because, like, his music, if you look at the evolution of his music, like, what he used to talk about earlier on true. in his career, like, you true. know, because, you, yeah, because mm. nothing is ever just, nothing is really neutral. A mm. lot of stuff is political. And for a long time, Kanye's stuff was political, but also, like, rooted in race and his identity as, as somebody man. from Chicago. Yeah. And he was very aware of, like, all the things that black people go through and so for him to go from that to this it's mm. like yeah wow. i can see that i think i was just speaking yeah. for my own personal consumption yeah of yeah but i can see what you're saying mm. uh, anyway i'll leave you guys should i don't have anything to say about my list not so really. I, no yeah, that's okay <laughs> not really but it's just like yeah what i had to say about my list is essentially you know being loud and wrong and how does one get to the point of being so loud and so wrong <laughs> mm. and i guess this is you know this is what this podcast is about you know like how are you checking your fault how are you evaluating yourself how are you being on top of your shit you know mm-hmm. so that you don't mm-hmm. become a kanye being loud and wrong anyway this i'll end with this quote In many ways, we should be as suspicious of artists who make us feel good about being good as we are of artists who trouble us. So the people that are currently are on problematic faves, why are they are on problematic faves? And Mm. why do they make us feel good? You know? Anyway. Mm. Food for thoughts. That that quote is also by Momtaza Mary. Um, we'll, We'll link the article in the description. But yeah, ladies, thank you. It was fun. So now this is where we talk to you about what we're reading, watching, listening to. Uh, Yeah, this is Ifeyinwa. I am currently in between books, but I just finished reading Eloquent Rage by Dr. Brittany Cooper, which I mentioned earlier. Very wholesome collection of essays that I highly, highly recommend. Um, still listening and loving Janelle Monae's um, mm, album Dirty Computer. That. I just, you know, the first time I listened to it front to back, I was like, uh, I guess. And then I listened to it again and I was sold. Mm. Um, so yeah, so listening to that. And then last but not least, I just um, watched The South Side with you finally um, <laughs> with my mom. No. <laughs> And I was like, ah, oh, my mom is not the best person to watch stuff with because she's always asking questions. I'm like, fam, we're watching this at the same time. <laughs> but I really, I really enjoyed it. And I was like, oh, wow. Um, I guess, Mich- I don't know how true it is, like if it's 100% accurate, but I was like, huh, Michelle Obama was giving him a very hard time. I yes. kind of love it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, you go, oh, I'm currently listening to. Um, Diamond Platinums, um, who I don't really know why I have not listened to any of his albums, but he's Kenyan. 
um, and has done a few collabs, at least his recent album, with a lot of Nigerian musicians. And then Neo, Omarion, which I'm like, okay, throwback. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm listening to his album called A Boy from Tandale. And then I'm also listening to Tenny, um, a song called Wait. Um, I think she's a pretty fantastic entertainer. So yeah, not really watching or reading anything. I This is Ife. I just finished reading Braving the Wilderness by Brene Brown, as I told you guys <laughs> about. And um, yeah, I don't know how to describe... I don't know if I'm going to recommend it or not. It's... Yeah, it's a book that I've been trying to like figure out and I and I don't know. I think what I think what makes me uncomfortable about the book is that or what doesn't sit so great with me is that it asks for a lot of you know, getting close to people with opposing views, you know. It asks for a lot of that and that's valid and that's good. But for me, I don't think it does enough about asking people to self-evaluate like how their own like how certain beliefs might be harmful. I think that's what's missing mm. for me, you know. Mm. This thing that I'm holding on so closely to, how does it harm other people? Is it harmful? Does it mm. cause does mm. it cause real pain and hurt to other communities? I think that is missing from that i think that's really what mm. I, I, yeah i think that's what's missing from the book for me because it's a lot of oh kumbaya la da hold hands moving and that you know those things are valid but also yeah and it mm. the, and, and it, it, there's a lot of talk about you know for example speaking truth to bullshit being civil but like not a lot of practical advice on that so for example like you say speak truth to bullshit how do you speak truth to bullshit she didn't really say how she just said speak truth to bullshit then she defined what bullshit is you know Mm. i'm like okay i guess so it felt like a lot of like good points without a without depth you know Mm. anyway Mm -hmm. so that's the last book i read i finally finally listened to cardi b's album vision of privacy and i keep like i catch myself saying drip drip came through drip it drip drip (laughs) um so yeah yeah and watching i haven't really been watching stuff i've been so busy that i haven't really really been watching but i'm catching up on the last season of jane the virgin that's that's my current Mm. current thing i haven't seen that yet yeah so that's it from us the ladies of nyac um thank you guys for listening i hope this was helpful i hope this spurs you on to do some honest self-evaluation and self-analysis and yeah be honest with yourself yeah all right (laughs) thank you guys thank you ladies Mm -hmm.